this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. February is Black History Month. The Black community has been stuck in survival mode for so long that health and wellness are viewed as a luxury rather than a necessity. I want to flip the script on this mindset. This is why I created the Brand New You Challenge, but I wanted to take it a step further. In addition to my usual segments, each week I will also be highlighting members within the Black community who are dedicated to empowering people with the knowledge they need to get to the next level. I was thoroughly inspired and motivated by these individuals, and I know you will be as well. I have a special request to ask you. If you're enjoying the content provided by Hustle & Faith, please be sure to rate and leave a review. Thank you. This episode is a continuation of my conversation with the team who created the film Inherited. In case you missed the previous episode, check out episode 165 with Sekou Brown. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Humphrey Brown. He is a director, producer, and actor, and we're going to be discussing his latest film called Inherited. Welcome to the show, Humphrey. Hey, thank you for having me, uh, Tasha. And I got to say, I'm late to the hustle in faith party. Um, I, I wasn't familiar <laughs> with I wasn't familiar with the podcast. Uh, Sekou was like, yo, you got to uh, check this podcast out, yo, man. I was like, what is it? Hustle in faith. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, man, you really, really do a great job uh, with this. I've listened uh-huh. to several um Thank just you. to tell me about it. And, uh, yeah, man, it's really good. I love it. <laughs> yeah. the uh, make it make sense when you did with the Chicago. Oh, oh, my goodness. It's just it's one thing after another here. <laughs> I appreciate you taking it on. Like you were like, OK, we're just going to get into it. And, and, and off top, you were like, look, if you don't got a problem with it, just go ahead and change it. Just go ahead and turn me off because I'm getting into this. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, she, yeah. Like she's she's gonna get in that, like it or not. Say turn her off, she don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly how I am though, because I hate it when people complain and we all have a responsibility to control our reactions, right? We can't control other people's right. actions, but you can control your reaction. Just turn it off. Like it, it it amazes me when people want to be like negative or whatever. It's fine if you don't agree. I just turn it off and call it a day. <laughs> it's it's America. You have the option. You can definitely just turn it off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I really am appreciative of you being on the show. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh yeah. So um Humphrey Brown the third. I have to say that because you know my dad is, is still around, praise God. So you know, oh, wow. he's junior <laughs> and my grandfather has passed on, but so I just gotta say that, you know, so I'm the, I'm the third. And um yeah, Texas boy actually was born in Ohio, but grew up in Texas since I was like five years old. Uh grew up in Austin actually. Uh, oh, back wow. in the day when Austin, yeah, when Austin was still weird. It's 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 uh, not so <laughs> It's, you know, people think it's weird now. I should have been there back in the, uh, the, the 80s. It was a lot weirder. But, really? um, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Austin, I mean, you know, just live music. I mean, that was, you know, it's live music capital of the world back then. It may still be today, but 
Uh, there's so many people that have moved here from places like New York and then again, California. And so, you know, and I don't blame them. I mean, Austin's, Austin's a really cool city. It's a, it's a college town. And I like to play big city, but uh, great place to grow up. I mean, just, you know, you, you know, we had our, we had our problems, you know, like, like a lot of um, cities, um, you know, back in the day, back in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, particularly when, you know, the, the crack epidemic hit and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the, um, the more melanated areas of Austin were really hit hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a great place to grow up. We got exposed to the arts at a really um, young age. My mother and father were both uh, singers, you know, in the church. I grew up in the church and my mother actually did a professional theater uh, she's retired now, but um, did professional theater for, for many years. So I was always used to, you know, being around the theater and being around artsy folks and, and people of all types. Right. So um, I had a really great, um, really great uh, childhood, I would say, um, coming up. And then, um, you know, so I was I grew up in Texas, but ended up going to college on the East Coast at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. Oh wow! And uh, that yeah, and that's where um, I actually met my wife, oh, and uh, she's uh, Nigerian-born but raised in Massachusetts, and so um, and now she lives in Texas with me. Oh, <laughs> but, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tw- twenty years, twenty years. It's it's, it's twenty years it's journey. Wow, yes, I feel like ma'am. that could be a whole yes, nother ma'am. podcast right there. Yeah, that that's like- another <laughs> podcast. But whole oh, oh, trust and believe. Sister oh Tasha, goodness. that's another podcast. For them. <laughs> a, a, a very good one because that is very rare to hear these days. I mean, seriously, that's a whole nother podcast. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so um, so out in Massachusetts, you know, and that's in Massachusetts where I really got the um the uh the, the crazy idea to you know try to make it as an actor full time and and so I was, uh, I moved to Philadelphia and uh, was an acting fellow at the Walnut Street Theater, which is the oldest uh, professional theater in Philadelphia, in the country, actually. Okay. And um, was an acting fellow there um, and was doing that and auditioning and doing the whole poor starving artist thing out there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, and it was, again, you know, when you're young and, you know, you just, I mean, it's just you and it's like, you don't have any real responsibilities right just like feed yourself sure. and yeah you know, try it's to make true. It, it's true. you know yeah yeah so I mean it was you know I was having a great time in Philadelphia now I wasn't I wasn't necessarily having the holiest of times in Philadelphia um, <laughs> but it was it was uh you know I was doing my thing and um so I was you know I was getting work and you know did did some some film projects out there and was getting some theater work and I remember I had auditioned for this play and I had no, I really didn't know anything about it. Uh, it's one of my teachers said, my professor was like, hey, there's this play, it's gonna be produced, it's gonna be in a theater in Philadelphia and a lot of people are gonna see it. It's gonna have, you know, it's got a big, you know, buzz about it and uh, you should audition. And back then it's like, when you're just an actor trying to make it, you're trying to get work, right? You're trying to, okay, yeah. what's the next gig? What's the next gig? And so without even reading the script and anything about the play, I auditioned for it. And the play was called Corpus Christi. I don't know if you ever heard. I know it's a it's a town in Texas, but yeah, I've heard of it's play, a town in Texas, but I don't know the the name of the play. No. Yeah. So the play it was called Corpus Christi, which literally translated means the body of Christ. But I didn't know that then. But so I auditioned, had a great audition, got cast in it. First rehearsal, and I still hadn't read the script or anything. 
first rehearsal I go to and uh, the director is like, okay, so here's the script guys. And, you know, so glad you guys are here. And I got, and so the play is about Jesus and his disciples. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got Pat, I got cast as Peter and it's about Jesus, his disciples, and they're all gay. Oh, and okay. yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So I had no idea that the play was about that. You know, again, I'm just, Hey, I just want to be a working actor trying to get, you know, and after the first rehearsal, it just wasn't sitting right with me. And, you know, again, like, yeah. I'm all for your right to be whatever you want to be and represent however you want to represent. But just as a believer um, and as someone who, you know, really, even at that time when I wasn't really, you know, living the holiest of lifestyles, my damn self, um, mm-hmm. you know, just um, as a believer, just it just didn't sit right with me and and I remember hearing it clear as day God was like look it's like you can either do this for me or you can do this for the world because I you know and I I, it was a great role I had a lot of lines I was really kind of in this mix of it all like it was going to be a great role for me to take for my career um in theater in Philadelphia and it was a a known director and you know so it was it would have been great for my career but it just didn't sit right with me internally and and I called the director and told him, hey man, I'm so sorry. I cannot take this role. I didn't know this is what the film was about, this is what the play was about. And he was like, Are you sure? Like this is really gonna be big and you're gonna be featured and press is gonna be and I was like, I get all that, but I just it just doesn't sit right with me. So that was the first time I really ever had to deal with making ethical and value choices as mm-hmm. a as an as a professional actor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I decided then and there that from that point on, anything I was going to do, uh, you know, professionally in, in the space of theater or film was going to be, uh, was going to have a kingdom message behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, not long after that, so I started, you know, I, I kind of switched some things around, you know, at that time I was kind of, you know, again, I was living that single actor life. So I was kind of partying real hard. I kind of, I calmed all that down, put the brakes on it, started going to this local hole in the wall church on the corner, <laughs> you know, and I was, then one day I was reading my word and I heard God clear as day again. He said, go back home. And it wasn't home like to my house, my family. It was go back home to your, to my church, to the ministry that I, that I, that I um, came up in. And really I didn't get saved in this ministry, but uh, I was like 15 when I first became a part of this ministry. So I was a youth in it. Right. <laughs> and he said, go back home and then move back to Texas. This is back in like 2001. And uh, brought my girlfriend, now wife, then girlfriend mm-hmm. in. We got married and, and I've been here um, ever since, um, you know, doing, you know, doing uh, fine arts under with the with the with the ultimate motivation of, you know, um, exposing the kingdom of God through the fine arts. So it was real. Um, it was a real turning point in my life, you know, for having that experience in Philadelphia. I love Phil. I'd still be there today. Um, had not God literally told me go back home. Oh, wow. 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 So then how did you meet up with Sekou? Because I want to learn a little bit more about your experience filming Inherited, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fast forward, I'm, I'm in Houston. Um, well, so a little bit of story. We were in Austin first in Austin, the ministry, and then the ministry moved to Houston. Well, then Alvin. 
And so we moved from Austin to Alvin and Sekou was, he wasn't even in, I don't think he was in Texas, but he was taking classes that our church offered online. And so he's taking classes. I think he's in Atlanta at this time. He ends up uh, moving to Texas, joining the church. And we were just, we just knew each other. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, who's this dude? He's doing poetry and, you know, stuff. <laughs> you know, I didn't know who he was, but, you know, he was a cool dude. And, um, and so, you know, fast forward a few years and, um, you know, he, at that time, he wasn't writing or anything like that. I was doing, uh, I was directing plays in and around Houston um, and, and, and doing acting in some of those plays, but I really started to transition to be more of a director. Um, but now I would act, you know, here and there. And uh, uh, another couple of guys uh, who were into uh, videography that were members of the church at the time wanted to do uh, a, a written piece, a narrative piece, because at this time they're just the documentaries. And Sekou was like, well, I got an idea. And that was um, that idea turned out to be Amazing Grace, which is the first film we all worked on together. Um, it it did. Um, it was a, a short film, about 25 minutes, and it was at the uh, International Christian Film Festival. And, you know, it, it, it was that that film, Sekou and I didn't produce. We were just he was the writer and I was the director. But from that film, we were like, you know what, we need to like link up because we really worked well together. Mm-hmm. Like We were like, we need to link up, kind of do our own thing, you know. And so cut to, um, you know, uh, we had shot another thing with this other, uh, those other two guys before that, when I directed a hero and then pandemic hits. And we were like, we had so much momentum. We we're like, man, we're going to, you know, keep banging out these, this content and the pandemic hit and shut all that down. And we were just like, okay, well, what, 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 what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I said, well, I want to make something. I want to, I want to make something. He's like, I want to make something too. And then he, he had, he had uh, come across some stuff. He had come across some things uh, uh, like a show that was um, on TV wherein a show he was watching, but they, because of the pandemic, they couldn't shoot it normally. So they shot it all virtually. And he was like, yo, Hump, man, I just watched the show. And, you know, they, they did the whole thing virtual. I was like, where? He's like, yeah, it's like, well, let's, 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 let's chop it up. Let's talk about it. And so we came in with the idea for inherited say cool is a like he's an idea machine like he's got ideas for days uh, <laughs> and he's you know and so he he was like yeah man so got this idea we can shoot a verse they could all shoot on there and he you know and also when when say cool gets an idea for something he he also like goes all in like on researching and stuff like that and so which i appreciate because i'm not a big researcher and so mm-hmm. like you know this you know this dynamic has worked <laughs> worked well for us, but um, he was like, okay. He was like, yeah, we can do it virtually. And um, he wrote, inherited, and then he, and so the way our process goes, he'll write something and then he'll shoot it to me. And uh, I may, uh, so I majored in journalism in school. Uh, and so that's what my degree is in, but I never worked a day in journalism in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I can't turn the editor off. So um, that infused with my arts background, it's like, we, we work really well when it comes to developing scripts. And so he sent me the script and I went to say, okay, this is cool. What about this? Da, 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 da. Um, cut to, we're like, okay, well, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to fund it ourselves. Um, and we're going to do it all virtual. And um, that, that experience was, was something I'll never forget. 
I mean, we cast it virtual. We, you know, I had to direct it virtually. You know, it's like rehearsals were virtual, you know, because at the time the pandemic was like, we didn't know what was what. You know, I mean, at the time they were like, you, you can get it just by touching something somebody else touched. You know, it's like, it's like oh, you know, we, you can get it through the cell phone. What, what are you talking about? It's, it's COVID come through the phones? Like, you know, we didn't know anything, right? And so we were just like, well, let's just, you know, keep as distant as we can. And, you know, and, and it's before any vaccine. So people were getting and dying, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I say, I say that nothing about your Chicago thing. Like, well, was it the vaccines that kept them from? No, let me stop. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you open my eyes, some stuff, Tasha. You open my yeah. eyes. Anyway, I, I digress. I digress. I know. So, <laughs> so we were doing everything virtually, and um, that was a really, really, really. Um, it was a great experience because it, it when you're doing something virtually, it forces you to focus on technique, and it for it forces you to be very intentional about what you're saying now you have to be that way period when it comes to acting and it comes to directing actors and 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 whatnot and making films or, or doing plays you have to be intentional about your motivations and what what you're what you're trying to trying to um say and try to get the actor to portray but when it's when the whole thing is virtual you kind of don't have the the wiggle room like the camera's extremely unforgiving and so mm-hmm. it it's it's very it can be very tough especially when you did with a limited time, limited budget, it can be very tough to get actors to, um, to portray and to emote what you're trying to get them to do um, when you have to do it virtually and, and, and you're seeing every little thing, I mean, every little thing, you know, when, it, when it's not right and it's so pronounced. Like you've seen films when acting is bad and it's so like, oh, yes. God. You know what I mean? Like you can, yes. you, you can see, you can feel it. You know what I mean? So, so knowing that this, was, this whole thing was going to be virtual, I was really intentional about like authenticity. I'm always about that anyway, but just realism and really having the actors, you know, become these characters and, and really just focus on um, uh, the story and getting the intentions behind everything these, that these characters in the story did, did. And so directing that virtually without being able to physically, you know, kind of be in their space and, and, and do kind of stuff I normally would do with them. Uh, was a challenge, but um, it definitely it definitely paid off. I think in the end because we got some really great performances um, out of out of our cast. It was really good. Well, like I told Sekou, I was shocked when you when he told me that you guys did that virtually, and then icing on the cake was with an iPhone. I like I just couldn't get over that. Like that was crazy. <laughs> that was so well done, and I have a feeling I know what the answer to the next question is going to be, but what was the most difficult aspect of filming inherited um it, yeah yeah of course yeah just pretty much that like directing virtually yeah. <laughs> like did, doing it all over, <laughs> yeah yeah doing it on virtually but it was but it was all, it was also like um you know it was it was tough for the actors too most of them this was their first virtual piece as well and so wow. you know we had to get them to you know when you're acting normally you have the benefit of being able to play off of another actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're doing a scene in person, you know, you got wiggle room to, you know, play off and the energies and, and chemistry is, is, is felt. And that's what makes some, um, some performances, you know, better than others, you know, um, with this, there was no, like, you're literally looking into a phone, you know, and, and even though we had, you know, actors off, 
offsite, you know, so we would be on a laptop, you know, via Zoom or whatever, giving them direction and whatnot. And then, you know, we would read their lines or we'd have the other actor who they're playing opposite in read a line and try to create that. There's still no, it's just, there's no substituting the real thing, right? You just can't replace being in person, you know, in a scene with someone. And so that was, that was tough. Um, fortunately, <laughs> I didn't really have to do that a whole lot uh, for my part, being the dad. So me and my good friend, Damon Hoyle, who's, I mean, a great actor, you're going to see him in some stuff um, coming up here real soon um, outside of, outside of us. But um, he's, he's, he's Houston born and raised uh, really, really good, really good dude too. And um, so you know, he's one of my, one of my best friends. And so we were, you know, we were like, well, dog, if you got it, you're just going to give it to me. And I guess, so we did our, scene. <laughs> we did our scenes in person, but <laughs> you know, and again, this is before they had all these tests, right? Like there was no like, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, how, how you feel today? You feel all right? I feel all right. Okay, man, let's just do it. It's so <laughs> funny that you said that because I just remember getting together with friends and I'm just like, listen, it is what it is. You want to hang out? Let's hang out. I mean, I just, it just got to a point. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> yeah, it just, it just, you know, and so yeah. you're trying to get, you're trying to get a, a, a project done, you know, because yeah. we were not going to sit and lose at that time, we thought 60 months, you know, so we were like, no, we can't lose six months. Can you oh. imagine if we just decided to just wait? I mean, oh. we'd be 2022, we still, well, what do you I want know. to do? I don't know. I want to do Exactly. Do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Good grief. Well, you know what? What is one of the hardest things about being an actor? And I feel like you have such a, you have so many different experiences. And again, I am shocked by some of the stuff that I heard from uh, about Inherited from Sekou and yourself. Again, just what are some of the hardest things about being an actor? Uh, you know, it's funny, like, um, be, you know, being an actor, you know, like everybody, depending on the type of personality you are, I think everyone has a different answer. But for me, um, the hardest part is, is also the most rewarding part. And that's just doing the work. It's not sure. being on on stage or being in front of the camera, it's, it's all the work that you have to do before you hit the stage or before you're on camera. Because once you're doing the work, once you really do the work of an actor, when you're on stage and when you're on camera, then it's that's the fun stuff right there because you've done the work and you're prepared. Um, but that's also the differentiating factor between what makes an actor good and what makes an actor just meh you know what I mean it's yeah. like you can so tell like I can see it when I watch stuff or I'm out of play or if I watch stuff even on tv and they're talking you know like there's levels to this right and so there are actors who have been in the business for years and they're not particularly good looking and they're not particularly fit and they're just but they work and they work and they work and they're always getting roles well that's because these are great character actors these are these are people mm -hmm. who are professionals who know how to do the work get into a role no matter if it's two minutes or 30 minutes of screen time and they know how to do the work and make it happen and so and they and they disappear on screen and I really I really appreciate that that process you know I I, I love when I see a great performance, you know, I'm just like, oh, it's like, it's like, you know, it hits you like, oh, man, like, yeah, oh, kill it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, so, you know, I don't know, I sound like such an artsy fartsy fuddy buddy, but it's just so, it's so true. It's like when you see a great performance, you know, for me, it's like, oh, man, 
And then, you know, it's like, okay, they put in the work, you know, like they really like took time to learn and not just learning lies, but creating backstory and, and, and breaking down the script into beats. And I mean, just all that stuff that you really don't just know, you know, when you're just uh, starting out, that's why, you know, getting training is so important. Being professionally trained is so important. You know, they're throwing people up these days that don't have no training and it shows they're pretty, they're good looking. I'm just going to ask you, what are your thoughts about that? I wanted to follow up with you on that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about these folks that seem to have appeared out of nowhere? They found TikTok, you know, fame. And now all of a sudden you're seeing them, you know, in broadcasting yeah. roles or, you know, in movies and things of that. Yeah, like, what, yeah, are you, yeah, what are your thoughts yeah. about that? Uh, it's twofold. One, I, I can't knock the hustle. Right? Yeah, like that's true. Somebody wants to yeah. pay you to be on, on their dime and exactly. their film or their production. Hey, who's going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, what, who am I? Uh, but at the same time, you know, again, it's the artsy farty guy. And it's like, okay, like you gotta, like, you gotta pay some dues. Like you gotta at least work for it. Like you gotta at least like, you know, not be, <laughs> not just, you know, get up there and take your shirt off and flex. And like, yeah. these lines are terrible. Like you just, you know, but, but it's, it's all, it's all part of the game. And one thing I have learned over the years is that there's enough bread out here for all of us, you know yeah. what I mean? And so, true. especially, true. Yeah, yeah, especially with the um, the way technology has advanced over the years, the barrier to entry to creating content now is is very very low. Um, yeah. You know, like like uh, you know we you know I think uh, uh, Seku talked about this on on the podcast he did with you, Steven Soderbergh, who's a world renowned director, did a whole couple of films using an iPhone. You know what I mean? I so no yeah, he had other <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, no, he's, he's, he's Soderbergh, so he has access to other things that are necessary sure. to create truly quality work, like, you know, A-list actors and, you know, A-list camera people and stuff like that. But it was on an iPhone. And so, you know, and lights aren't that expensive, you know, and you can do a lot of cool things with, um, with regards to lighting and whatnot. But the point is, if you want to create content, if you want to put something up to represent your experience, your story, whatever that is, you know, you can do that, you know, uh, without having to have thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so there are people out there who do have access to that. And they're finding, like you said, these people on TikTok or whatever, who have these big social media followings. And so they're not doing it necessarily for the art of it all. Exactly. They're doing it because yeah. they know, oh, if I get someone someone here, they're going to bring their social media following and they're all going to come and I'm going to recoup my money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So again, can't knock the hustle, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, are we really pushing, you know, the, the art forward or are we, are we at least maintaining, you know, the, or yeah. are we kind of like making it about the, you know, the, the money side and that, and that's all over. And at the end of the day, you know, executive producers don't invest in films to lose money. You know, they're yeah. investing in, in films to make money, staying with, executive producers for for plays you don't you know you don't put ten thousand dollars into a play to see it you know make two you know what i mean like yeah. you're, you're looking to get yeah. a return of investment so i definitely definitely understand that side of it but it's, i mean you can you can have the best of both worlds you can produce a quality piece tell a compelling story hire you know maybe not as well known but hire gifted actors 
who will become well-known based on, you know, based on what you do, maybe. How about that? You know, as he, he brings someone on who's, who is trained, you know, and can pull it off and then, then they grow in that space or whatever. And, and you can make some money doing it. And that's, uh, that's kind of our, um, kind of our, kind of our, um, uh, modus operandi, if you will, with, with color coded, mm -hmm. um, films of me and say, uh, you know, we want to tell, you know, just real, you know, grounded, um, you know, I hate to use the word faith-based because it's got such a, a weird connotation these days, but just, mm -hmm. you know, good stories that involve people of faith, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, um, with the idea that we can produce something, make it a high quality, well acted, good actors, good, good yeah. story, and, um, and then turn around and, and still be, and make it profitable. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of where we're coming from. We talk about producing, you know, whether it be a short film or or or, or, or you know larger projects, which we're looking to do uh, down the road here, or limited series, which is space we're exploring now. Um, you know, audio fiction dramas, another space we're exploring. So, you know, it's it it's, there's there's ways to get the stories out there and put people in those stories who are, who are talented there's so much talent out there man like there is. it's uh, it, right. you know it is and they may not have these super large social media followings but exactly. they're talented you know they're talented so yeah, yeah. no I, I wholeheartedly agree and I you know that's one of the things that I told Sekou when I saw the film I'm like it's so great that this isn't one of those like cheesy <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. you know what I mean you know exactly what I'm talking about some of those like oh, yeah. like cheesy Christian movies you know this yeah. was very relatable and I think it's great that you all are able to actually create something where people can actually see themselves um mm -hmm. in, in the characters that that's what I really enjoyed about that so yeah that was a real big thing with me and him and Seiko as well it's like we don't, you know, we want people to connect to the, to the story, to the characters. And so, you know, I'm, my directing style normally, you know, when I have time, I really like to slow roll. Um, uh, what's that? that's, that's slow roll is not really the term, but I really like to take my time with the actors, have the actors find the characters themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to have to give you a line reading, say it like this and say it like that and say this line like this. I don't like doing line readings to the actors. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I got to tell you how to say line, then I might as well just do it myself. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's like, that's a good point. you know, yeah. So I want the actors to find the the meanings and the motivations behind the line so that they can make it authentic. And then when you see someone that looks like you that, you know, or looks like someone, you know, in the story, you, you you're more inclined to connect. And you're going to hang in there. You know, well, I want to know what happens. You care about the characters. I want to know what happens to this person. So you see, oh, that looks like she's just like my homegirl. Oh, man, he's just like my cousin. Oh, man, yeah. he is like my daddy. You know, we want we want that kind of uh, reaction to the characters that we present. And so that that takes time to develop. Like it takes time because, again, the actor has to do the work. Me as a director, I have to make sure that I'm giving them the tools they need and the direction they need to do the, the requisite work and to be able to shape the character how it needs to be. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not easy per se, but it's definitely worth it on the back end. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm kind of curious how you would handle something like this, because Again, when you invest so much time and energy in these type of projects, you know, not everyone's going to fall in love with your 
particular direction or how you say certain things. So how do you deal with constructive criticism? Yeah, so that's the thing that if it's constructive criticism, then it's coming from a place where you're really trying to build me up. You're trying to help me. You're Mm -hmm. trying to say, hey, I'm coming from a perspective where I know this and I'm, you know, and I can give you an example of how this didn't work in this way. And, you know, if you do this, then that will probably raise that up a little bit, bring that up to another level. That's constructive criticism. What what most people see, especially these days, is just people just being nasty and being and being exactly. and being exactly. <laughs> you know That's why I wanted to ask you this question because sometimes people confuse constructive criticism with you know the nasty type of criticism. So I kind of wanted you to yeah. That that's yeah, why I just, wanted to ask you that yeah, question. Just their, their personal taste too. I mean, it's okay to have. It's okay if something doesn't land with you in your personal taste or your personal preference, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, there, you know, there are some movies, you know, um, like people will say like, okay, so take Spike Lee, for example, you know, Seiko and I both love Spike Lee, um, you know, he's one of our heroes, you know, we love Spike Lee, but not everything Spike Lee does is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just does it for my taste, you know, for that particular piece that he, that particular movie, whatever, it's like, eh, Spike, you kind of missed me with that one. Mm-hmm. But I can appreciate what he's doing. You know, I can appreciate his, his effort. You know, I can appreciate something and at the same time, it just may not be my cup of tea. You know what I mean? It just may not be something that I personally, personally, it just doesn't resonate with me, but it doesn't mean I got to crap on it. It doesn't mean I got to talk down on it. It doesn't mean I got to you know, I got a crap in someone else's work, you know, yeah. and, and as, as creators and, and directors and, and, and actors and artists and, and just content creators in general, that's really something we have to be mindful of, particularly people of faith and people of color, because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, no matter how you slice it, yeah, there's a lot more representation out there of people of faith and people of color, but there's, we're still the, I hate using this term, the minority you know, when it comes to like, there's way more content out there of people not of it. There's way more content uh, out there of people not who are not people of color. And so for us to take that nasty, critical kind of aspect to other podcasters or other filmmakers or other content creators, when really it's just, it just may not be how you would have done it. And that's, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. okay to be like, you know what, that's, it's not for me, you know? And so we have to really just be mindful of that. You know, we can't just go around crapping on people and talking down about people. Um, again, particularly people of faith, people of color. <laughs> like we mentioned, there are tons of, you know, uh, Christian films I see done by us, you know? And I'm like, oh man, this is not very good. I just, yeah. oh, man. Like, <laughs> like, I just feel like, oh man, you know? And, but and it's it like, hurts. but it hurts. It hurts. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. And you just, at least, I don't know about you. I'm just like, you know what? They tried. They tried as no. I turned to something different. But at least, you know, but it's like, okay, let me at least, you know, let me support. Let me show that I at least was watching for 15 minutes or yes. 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, like, let me let, let you get the, let you get the click or whatever it is. Right. And, <laughs> 
And then, you know, and if I, if I was to ever get, and I would keep it 100, like if I was ever getting their space or whatever, and they, we meet, because we met quite a few people at the International Christian Film Festival. And we're like, you know, it's like, hey, um, this was cool. Now, what was the choice there with the way this actor, and sometimes they'll keep it about, they'll be like, well, you know, budget wise, you know, we couldn't, da, 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 mm. you know. Okay. And so it's, you know, it's, it's better, again, to truly, if you can offer constructive criticism, that's all well and good. And if, and there's some people who really can't take constructive criticism and that's, that's on, on you. Yeah. I welcome it. Cause I want to get better. I'm, you know, I never, you know, I've been doing this for a long time as far as acting wise um, and directing quite a long time too um, in theater film is, is newer for me, but, you know, just working around actors for, I mean, a couple of decades now, I never think that, Oh, I'm the, I'm the thespians, you know, master. Let me do a master class on how to bring acting to life. And, you know, I never think like that. I'm always like, okay, I can always get better. I can always be a better actor. I can always be a better director, you know, particularly with film. You know, this this medium is, you know, I've I've directed four films, you know, okay. and it's like, that's that's not a lot for me to be like, Oh, your film is crap, but look what I've done. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's, you know, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't be like, oh, I'm the guy and and not be able to take constructive criticism. I'm very much, I welcome it. Honestly, I really do. Oh, that's fantastic. And I think that's a good attitude to have. So, you know, there again, we talked about so many different aspects of acting and directing. It seems like you've done it all. So I'm just kind of curious. Who are your role models inside or outside of the industry? Um, so within the industry, and it's going to sound so cliche, um, but Denzel, man, Denzel Washington. Oh, he's um, fantastic. Yeah, he's one of You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's the gold standard. Um, yeah. And for me, particularly, I mean, outside the obvious Black man, you know, believer, yeah. but he is also he's an actor who transitioned to directing, you know what I mean? And so I had that same trajectory where, you know, I've been, I was acting and acting and acting and now transitioning to directing, you know, and I, I, I watched Denzel closely. I'm, anytime I see an interview with Denzel, I'm like, okay, let me, you know, I'm trying to, cause he'll, he'll drop little nuggets here and there, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yeah. I'm always, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely, um, I mean, he'll do Shakespeare, he'll do, you know, the, the training days, he'll do yeah. that. You know, I mean, he's just, his range is so, I mean, it's just amazing. And so, um, yeah, he's definitely um, the, the, the gold standard for me within the industry. Outside of the industry, though, um, it's really uh, my, my mentor and, uh, and, and pastor, Dr. Dana Carson, just, uh, you know, I've never met a man who was more that it was it was more dedicated and focused. Um, he's got a, a, a laser focused on what he believes God has called him to do. And it's very rare that you meet people who will stay the course. Some people will get on and say, you know, yeah, I feel like I'm called to do this. But then they'll let things distract them and, and pull them. Yeah. Not so much with Dr. Carson. I mean, he's eight earned degrees. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, this man's, you know, this man's pedigree. And yet everything he does is for the vision of, that God has given him. So it's for the church, it's for, you know, making intergeneral impartations into children and youth, it's for training leaders, it's all of that. He, with If I had Dr. Carson's degrees, I would be 
in some marble, uh, you know, skyscraper somewhere, you know, leading a big Fortune 500 company. You know what I mean? Like he's got a Duke executive MBA for for Pete's sake. But, you know, it's like, no, he's like, and he's like the only clergy to get that degree from Duke University, like the MBA from Duke Fuqua School of Business. He's the only clergy to ever have that degree. And when he was getting it, he would come story. People were like, why are you doing this? Like, what are you going to do when you get your degree? He's like, I'm going back to the church. And they're like, what? You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, so like, you know, and these are, I mean, these are guys who, once you get this, once you get this degree, you can write your own ticket to whatever company. I mean, companies literally, I mean, we're talking half million dollar signing bonuses just to come and be the CEO of X company or the director or the president, whatever, whatever. And he's like, no, I'm going back to the church, you know, and trust and believe we don't pay him. Hundred thousand, <laughs> like we don't, you know, you know, like we have a nice size ministry and all, but nah, we're not. He's not making the kind of money yeah. that he could be at all. So, um, for me, he's just really been a great mentor as far as just how to be a a, a real man of God, uncompromising, dedicated to the faith. Um, you know, it's 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 redundant to say nobody's perfect because to say nobody's perfect is to imply that somewhere there's perfection is attainable. And it's not, there's no such thing as perfection. You know what I mean? Like God, you know, God is the only perfection there will ever be. So it's like, nobody's perfect. And at the same time, it's like, I've seen this man forgive people. I've seen this man like empty out his checking account because the church had need. He's personally helped me in my own life overcome many, many uh, pitfalls that I've, that I've made and many just stupid decisions that I've made that, you know, would have um, would have ended very badly had I not had his counsel and his wisdom and his prayer. So, you know, he's a real man and got a true shepherd. So he, outside of the industry, um, yeah, he definitely is, uh, is uh, a role model for me. Fantastic. Fantastic. And it's it sounds like, again, you have so much experience. And so sometimes we sit back and we think when we have all these accomplishments, you know, what would I tell my younger self, what type of advice would you give to your younger self if you had the opportunity to go back in time? Man, I'd say, uh, you know, the Oreos going to catch up, stay away. No, um, but I think if, if I really were going to like talk to my old self, my, my younger self, I, w- I would just say just go in, go all in on God and just stay there. Like mm. just don't vacillate back and forth. Don't, don't operate out of fear at all. Just go all in on God because at the end of the day, whatever God has planned for you, whatever the, the ordered steps are for you, you, you you're not going to get them if you're not, if you're misfocused. Like I remember so many opportunities I've had that God just put right in front of me. And because I was misfocused, because I was operating out of, you know, <laughs> emotional unintelligence, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I missed them. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, looking back now, I was like, oh man, God put it, God put so many opportunities right in front of me that I didn't take advantage of, but his grace is sufficient. So he kind of worked it so that I could still come back around and, you know, make something sure. when I got my head right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Make my, make my, make my, you know, make some things happen. But, um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, if I could go back, I would just say, man, just, just go all in and, and stay in it. Like, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't trip, you know, like trust mm-hmm. God and stay, stay all in, stay in your devotion, stay in your word, stay prayed up. Don't, don't vacillate back and forth. Don't play in the water. You know, the world got, the world has lots of trappings. Yes. <laughs> so, like, don't play in the water. Just, just stay, just stay where you're at. Stay focused. That's, that's what I tell my younger self for sure. So now let's fast forward to the future. What would you like to be remembered for? Oh man, that's funny because, um, you know, I think I think today I want to be remembered as a just a, a a real man of God who 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 loved God and 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 loved the the kingdom of God and and that reflected in my work. You know, it's like, you know, I was thinking about I was like, ah, what I, I want to be, uh, you know, remembered as a a good father. I don't want to be remembered as a good husband, or don't want to be remembered as a you know a good servant of the church. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if what I'm doing if my belief as, 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 if my belief is, it is what I say it is, all that other stuff's going to come out anyway. Like it's, if it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be reflected, you know, in, in what I do. So, you know, in that, you know, being a man of God and committed to the kingdom of God and, and service to the King, if I'm focused, then of course, you know, people are going to see my submission. People are going to see my service. People are going to see my sacrifice. People are going to see my sonship. People are going to see, you know, my stewardship, how I manage the things that God has given me, you know? So that's what I want to be remembered for. And, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, I hope that, you know, those are things that people will look at, you know what I mean? And that it would be reflective, you know, of, of my life thus far. Um, because there's nothing... For me, there's nothing greater than that. Like once I'm gone, I, I don't care what you do with my body. I don't care. I'm a be, you know, I'm a be, you know, I'm a be, I'm a be with the king, right? So it's not even about that for me. But for people who remember me and people who will, you know, for my kids, you know, I got two sons and a daughter. Okay, mm-hmm. what are they gonna, you know, what are they gonna remember about me? What are they gonna take away and mm-hmm. and hold on to when they think about me? And so that's important for me that they always see, you know, a man committed to the things of God. And as a result of that, all of these wonderful virtues and all these wonderful uh, things that I was, that I've been able to do in service of the King manifested and they can do the same. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And again, you know, it's, it's been an interesting past couple of years, right? So no, man. <laughs> so we're here 2022 and we're, we got January behind us. But if you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, say, who's the wordsmith? I was so mad. He said momentum. Like, oh, yeah, I got to be honest. That was I, I had not heard that one when I asked that question, because I always ask this question, but I, I hadn't heard yeah. that. So that I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, man, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. I can't no. bite. I can't bite his, his <laughs> same answer. I'm like, can I say ditto? Like say who said? No, but um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, but honestly, like for me, I, and it's going to sound weird because, you know, we are in a momentum type of state, but it's, mm-hmm. it, for me, it's rebuild. And I say that because 
there are some things in my life that I am rebuilding um, just personally. And even and even with regards to my work, like, you know, I went through a stretch here before um, I started doing this work with Sekou where I kind of put the put the brakes on acting and put the brakes on directing. And I wasn't really doing anything in the art space. And this is a good five, six, seven year stretch where I was just I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm just John Q worker now, you know, I'm a <laughs> father, I'm a husband, you know, let me just, let me just, you know, work and pay bills and, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it almost, it did drive me just crazy, you know, because when God, you know, again, when God has a plan for you and you're trying to do anything outside of that plan, you're going to lose your stuff. Like you're going to like, you're just, it's, it's never going to set easy with you. Yeah. And it never did. That you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And I know God has put and allowed me to experience so many things and allow and exposed me to the arts and to some really incredible artists. I mean, people who have, have trained me and who have, you know, just, I mean, I can't even begin to explain just the exposure God has allowed me, this little Texas boy to have from, you know, in, in, in this space. And for me mm-hmm. to sit on that and not use that for the kingdom of God is to say, okay, God, I appreciate that, but I'm going to sit here and collect this check in this cubicle. You know what I mean? Like it is just a slap in the face. You know what I mean? It's a right. slap in the face. So I, I really believe every joint supplies. And so when I started, you know, getting back around and, and, and working this and, and working again and acting and, and directing stuff again, you know, I've, I've been in this rebuilding mode, this rebuilding space. And so, you know, th- this year, my goals for this year are to just really just take it up a level and to really, you know, I've got, um, I've got some increased responsibilities at my church. I'm a, I'm a deacon, a biblical deacon, not a, not a, a religious deacon is a difference, <laughs> you know, it's a deno- not a, deno- not a denominational deacon, I could say, because, you know, denominational deacons, they sit on the board or they hire pastors and they tell them what to do. And that's not my role at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, biblical deacons, we were, we serve, you know, we're the ones who, you know, serve and take care of the things among the people so that, you know, the, the elders and pastors can give old to study and all that good jazz. So, so I'm a biblical deacon. I have a lot of responsibilities in my church, but also, I've been most recently um, um, made the um, director of worship uh, uh, production, um, worship production operations. And so that's pretty much everything that we do that's online, everything that we do that's video related, everything that we do that's radio. <laughs> like I have to wow. oversee all of that. Yeah, I have to oversee all of that. And so it's, it's a big, it's a pretty big lift because it's, it, for me, I have to be cognizant about managing and not getting in the weeds on those things and, and trying to do it myself. Right. It's like, Oh, let me, you know, it's like, no, I got to step back and manage. So my goals this year are really just rebuilding, you know, that, that directing managing skill set that, you know, kind of let go for a while Um, because directing and, and, and managing go hand in hand. You know, when you're, when you're the director of a film or the director of a, of a play, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, you're over it. You know, you're the one who's, you know, calling the shots, making the, making the decision. It's a team effort, but you're ultimately responsible. And so it's about having the best people to work with, 
you know, having a team that, that you're comfortable with and having people that are brought into the same vision that you have. And so for me this year, it's about, you know, rebuilding a lot of that and, and making sure that, you know, with regards to color coded that say, and I surround ourselves with a great team of people that believe in the vision that we have, that want to go take, you know, the skill sets that they've been allowed to have and take it up a notch. You know, it's about, you know, rebuilding those skill sets that I may, you know, have allowed to kind of taper off a little bit, particularly acting. If you don't, if you don't stay acting, you can get, you know, if you don't continue working, you can kind of, you kind of lose a little bit. It takes a little longer. So I want to keep that muscle going as well. You know what I mean? So, you know, I guess, you know, for me, yeah, it would be, it would be rebuild, just rebuilding a lot of that. And there's some things in my personal life too, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, trying to rebuild and um and 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 get better at and and go up a level level up on as as they say so yeah that would be it for me all right and last but not least what's the best piece of advice that you have for those breaking into the movie industry for the movie industry man um just 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 get started Mm -hmm. really it really is just get started don't wait for the perfect setup <laughs> don't wait for you know someone to come and discover you and like i say the barrier to entry is so low right now um you know whatever your vision is well let's start there have a vision yeah have a vision because if 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 you're just saying oh i want to be famous or if you just say oh i want to make a lot of money don't do why would you do movies like why would you like why would you do the movie like why would you why would you do that like that's not you know that's not especially trying to do it on your own in wherever milwaukee or wherever you're at you know and, mm-hmm. or where you know or even people who live in these major movie hubs la and new york atlanta you know how many people are there trying to get discovered and trying to be famous and trying to just make a, a million millions of dollars like if, if your motivations are that, then there's other ways to make money and be famous. Sure. So I would say have a vision, right? Have a vision of, of what you really want to do. Like sh- hopefully you have a story you want to tell. You have, you see, a, you see a, 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 a demographic or you see a market or a niche that's not being addressed. Um, you know, they're not being spoken to, you know, and again, there's enough there's enough out there for everybody, right? There's enough, there's a mo- there's enough money out there where if you hit the right niche and if you're speaking to a group of people that share the same vision as you, same values of you as you, same, you know, like the same stuff that you like, and you're speaking to that niche, oh, that's I mean, that's enough to to blow you up. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. you become internationally known or not, if you're speaking to that niche, then you can really, really do well for yourself in in this space. And so have a clear vision and don't wait. Don't wait for someone to hand you a million dollars to produce your script. That's not likely going to happen. Exactly. Don't wait for, <laughs> yeah, don't wait for, you know, you to have that by chance sit down and you look across the table and there's, you know, Denzel Washington and he just loves you and, want, and he just falls in love with you and wants to lead, be the lead in your, in your film. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like work with where you're at. Like don't wait mm-hmm. for anybody. Just start. And if you have a clear vision and 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 you have, you know, and I can't stress that enough, if you have a clear vision and mm-hmm. you're able to bring people together, because that's another big key too. You can't do it alone. And if you're not a natural leader, 
uh, let me rephrase. If you're not a leader, because I don't believe leaders are, are, are born, they're made. And so if yes. you're not, if you're not a leader, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have the capacity to be a leader like that, find mm-hmm. someone who is, mm-hmm. and you be the person that, you know, writes the scripts or, you know, or, 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 or handles the lighting or whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you, you let that person bring the team together. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. be the leader that you, that you may not be, because everybody's not cut out to be, you know, the lead dog, you know, some people have sure. to play the B position, C position or whatever, but it definitely is a team thing. And so surround yourself with a team and just get started for sure. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Humphrey, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Again, the film is inherited and I want everyone to check it out because I, I really enjoyed it. And just learning about the backstory, good grief, that it's virtual, that it was filmed on an iPhone. I mean, like that, that was just crazy to me. So again, thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. And no, also, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the work that you're doing. I really uh, do. Like, thank you. I'm mad I'm late to the party, but I'm, uh, I'm in the hustling faith. I'm on that team. I, I'm, whatever you're doing, I'm, I'm with it because I really think you're doing a, a great work and I, uh, I definitely keep it going. I appreciate that so much. And if, if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they go about connecting? Oh, man. So I'm I am not great at self-promotion at all. And Seku's like, man, hope you got to get headshots. You got to get a bio. And I'm like, oh, OK. Yep. Um, okay <laughs> but but you got to start. <laughs> hey, take your own advice. You got to start somewhere. So yeah, yeah that's right. Back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So um, definitely if you, I'm at um, Humphrey Brown three for all of the social media platforms, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, Twitter, uh, I'm out there like that. And then um, coming soon, we will get the color coded uh, social up. So we'll be funneling a lot of the color coded projects there, but for now, Humphrey Brown three, uh, you know, uh, on any social media platform, you can hit me up and you can find uh, anything I'm doing there. Uh, soon, soon, and very soon, we got it. We got it. We got some things we have to make happen, uh, you know, as far as the uh, the promotion and marketing space there. Um, which you know, I'll, I'll I'll be the first to put out there. If you, we might have to talk offline, but if you know someone that's good at this kind of thing, we might need to connect because uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that team thing, right? We need a team, yes. so we need someone who can be on the team that can that can handle this for us. But yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, the risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.